What's up and welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with Courtney Cronin in for Cap. I'm Jay Hood. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. Good morning, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Thanks so much for watching our show and watching all the shows here on Chicago's Home for Sports. We're with you till 10 o'clock. Then Greeny comes in from 10 to noon. Carmen Yurko from 12 to 2. It'll be Waddle and Meller from 2 to 6. Bleck and Abdallah from 6 to 8. Right into Freddie and Fitzsimmons right here on Chicago's Home for Sports ESPN 1000. So to me, now you tell me if I'm wrong. Think about all the coaches that you've seen in the NFL. The Jeff Saturday hires you laid out. Rooney Rule. Um, part, part of this as well, they decided to go with someone that uh, Jim Irsay was very comfortable with, and obviously did not work out. And so I just think that's the worst that I've seen. I've seen a lot of bad coaches, uh, even with the Chicago Bears. Mark Trestman was a disaster. He comes from the CFL. I remember the stories off the record from players telling me in Bourbon A, just like, yeah, coach coaches from the back of the room. What is leadership? Could you imagine mm-hmm. if you're a salesperson and you're trying to sell a product and you're doing it from the back of the room instead of the front of the room? I mean, it's your presentation is in the front, right? That's you're what trust me was doing. A front-facing individual. Well, he's supposed to be as a head coach, as a leader. He would coach from the back. That's weird. That's yep. feel, that feels very like professor-like, right? Like they're behind their students, they're pushing an idea, pushing a concept, but. To explain it the best, you'd have to be in the front of the room to actually see people's eyes and actually make sure that it's going through. Yes, that was not his plan. <laughs> he also it worked out well. He also, for whatever reason, ran the routes of the receiver. He'd blow the whistle, the ball would be snapped, and he'd be running down, doing the routes, and then circle back. It's like him getting his steps in. It sounds like a Jim Harbaugh sort of move. <laughs> yeah. But for some reason, Jim Harbaugh can continue to get away with it because he is a good coach. Let me tell you something. That might be for Chicago. That might be one of the, the one of the worst. Now we can look at one loss records all we want. I'm just saying that for a person that didn't get in, he was here for two years. When you look back at the one loss record, you'll probably look at it like, oh, 500, and then I think it's something like five and eleven. Mm-hmm. Like what happened there? Because it was a disaster. He and Phil Emery were awful together. They had so much in common. I think they were Law and Order fans. I mean, I think that's how he got the job. Like Law and Order. Oh, I watched that too. You're hired. And you're a CFL guy. It was just, it was out of the box and out of control. This team shouldn't have had him as head coach. But I think Saturday's right at the top for me. And then, of course, in Chicago sports, I mean, we just went, th- we went through the Jim Boylan era as a, mm-hmm. uh, as a guy that I believe went up the back stairs to narc on Fred Hoiberg to talk to tell John Paxson what's not happening or what is happening with the organization. And Jim was put in position to be head coach, and no one listened to him. He was t- terrible as a head coach, crying. Just, just, he was not good. Jim Boylan is right there. And, of course, after the Bulls championship run, it was Tim Floyd. I was about to say, don't the Bulls have more of these hires that don't make sense in any other organization in Chicago history? Yeah, I, I would... Uh, okay, so... If we went with the Bears, right? Let's start with the Bears first. Okay, so I, I mentioned, so I mentioned to you, Mark Trussman. Think about who the Bears have had over the years. Like, wouldn't you have hired John Fox? Because that was like one more run for John Fox. He had, you know, he had been to a Super Bowl before. He had had a lot of NFL coaching experience. He had done this, unlike a Matt Eberflus, who you're giving a shot. 
as a head as a first time head coach linked up with a first time general manager. I think that that stuff also matters if you're giving people kind of having them start in the same playing field where first time for GM, first time for the head coach makes sense. But John Fox had the ten- the tenure and the pedigree that they were banking it on. They just it was a bad marriage where you have a defensive guy needing to corral an organization around a quarterback that you went all chips to the front of the table on. I I, I just look and know my never life, works in my lifetime. Ditka Wanstead was the he was a hot candidate. He was a hot coordinator with the Dallas Cowboys. He was with Jimmy Johnson. I had no problem with that hire at the time. It just underachieved. Dick Duran was stoic. He uh, would break his face to smile. He was that guy. Lovey Smith was fine for the time for the hired Trustman. To me, I think Trustman is the worst in my lifetime. I, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I'm looking at it, and it's just like John Fox. To me, that was that was a hire, a bridge hire to something else. I never thought that John Fox was the, the mainstay here for the Bears. I, I, I guess the only thing that really resonated with me with that hire is, oh, you hire with someone with experience. That never happened. In Chicago? Mm-hmm. A Bears coach with experience? And that's what I mean. His pedigree stood for itself at that point. Granted, yeah. it was you know about a decade prior to when he was hired. What year was that? 2000? For Fox? Yeah, 15? 15, yeah. 15? Yeah. So, I mean, he didn't last very long either. When you have this constant cycling through coaches, whether they get three years, four years, that sets you up for failure on your next coaching hire because you're not picking from the best pot so to speak because the best coaches are going to places where they know their stability and they know that they have the chance to truly see their plan through because you're not going to a place that how do you think that's not going to happen to me in a few years where i'm going to get pushed through i'm not going to get to see my plan through if something goes wrong there's going to be the knee-jerk reaction that takes me off course and then i have to pivot and mitigate what's going on Sox fans you know terry bemington and robin ventura I mean, for Terry Bevington, just like he was the master of uh, the bad press conference. And uh, Robin, Robin's a hero. Robin's one of the all-time great White Sox in my lifetime. But you, it's like anything else. And Shay could tell you, you hire the hero, you got to fire the hero. Like Ask Nebraska. Yeah, no, right, Alan Trammell? Right? That wasn't necessary. Well, I'm just saying. Look, I just gave the yeah, example. It's true. No, well, it is I, true. If I, you I hire wait, the guy. Hold on. I've been through it with Robin Ventura. Who, I love Robin in 93. Absolutely, that that era of the Sox, but you put him in a position where he should have been managing, but he was he had his arm twisted to manage the team, and he was awful, just like Allen was terrible. with Detroit. Yeah, no, Allen Trammell was terrible. I mean, it's happened all over. Michigan became very close to having to do that with Jim Harbaugh, Scott Frost in Nebraska. They had to do that. Hoodie, my question: I mean, even recent hires. Where does Tony Larusa fit on this list among the worst hires in Chicago sports history? Well, he's in a team photo because he. Because of the end result. Because of the end result. Because I'm saying it with perspective, Courtney. So, okay. So LaRusso was my first manager growing up watching the White Sox. He led the Sox to a division championship in 83. So I remember that as a, as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so for him to return was a reach and definitely a stretch. Well, it was a loyalty hire. It just, it was, it, the general manager should be able to, to hire the guy he wants. But in this case, the owner decided to do that. Jerry... Well, come on in. You haven't been in the game for 10 years. I mean, that whole thing, right? And just like Tony, Tony uh, was someone who was okay at the job, but I think the game in some ways had passed him by. And I think that's yeah. the end result of it. Yeah, in a lot of ways. A lot of ways. <laughs> that's, that's all, that's, yeah, it, it was a bad hire, a bad choice, but it wasn't Rick Hahn's choice. 
I, I'll never forget that press conference, Courtney, where it's kind of like um, the the cat ate the canary right, with uh, Rick Hahn, just like, well, this is what we have here. We've got Tony LaRusso as our manager. Wasn't my hire. <laughs> like, you know, it was just, it was bizarre. Well, when the owner steps in and hires his person, you get a situation like that. You get a situation like the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. Dating back to this offseason, Chris Ballard was the one who said, well, it's Mr. Ursay's choice. Meaning, whether it was going to be Jeff Saturday or whether smarter minds would prevail and bring somebody else in. So I do, when we find out the backstory of how Shane Steichen was hired, I wonder, is that Ursay? Coming to his senses? Probably not. The guy's tro- trying to troll the Chicago Bears right now in posting a picture of himself on a bear allegedly in Chicago 60 years ago. So I, you have to let your, I, I'm with you. I think you have to let your general manager hire his guy. Yes. Whether they're coming in on the same frame, like in the same time frame, whether it's, you know, Ryan Poles hiring Matt Eberflus, and of course you can draw connections to who represents them and how those two were linked in the first place. But it should never be the owner overstepping the person who's expected to manage all aspects of the football operation or the baseball operation, not the business side, but the day-to-day stuff that makes your team successful or not. And when you have a Jimmer say overstepping his bounds, even though he's paying everyone's check, I get that. Yeah. You can have the ultimate say at the end, yes, this guy, no, this guy. But to orchestrate the search, to come out – when, when Jeff Saturday was an analyst and criticizing the Raiders, the team that he played in his fir- coached against in his first game, and two weeks prior saying, man, they stink. And he said it on Twitter. I mean, his tweet went viral. It was incredible. To, to hire somebody who didn't even have college coaching experience. He was coaching high school ball in Georgia. That's right. But that's just a slap in the face to anybody who's actually gone about this, spent the hours, made sacrifices for this you know, profession. That's... When you have owners overstepping the process and muddying the process, that's why you get hires like what we saw in Indianapolis this season. So three one two three three two three seven seven six. I think that Jeff Saturday is the worst hire in the history of the National Football League. Now, can you find someone as bad or worse? And when we talk about some of the worst coaching hires in Chicago sports, who falls in that category? Well, use Saturday as a base, and then you give us names uh, to go along that, see if we could beat Jeff Saturday. Uh, Villa Park, here's Joe on ESPN 1000 on Cap and Jay Hood. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, guys. Yeah, for the Ursay thing, I kind of feel like he's made some wacky moves, but he's kind of crazy like a fox. I feel like in this one, he's trying to kind of put pressure on polls publicly to make this deal, it sounds like to me. There's a lot. I think there's a lot of sentiment out there that Bears fans want to trade the pick. I feel like he's putting pressure that if they don't make the deal, everybody's going to know that Indy wanted to make the deal. Is he putting pressure on polls or putting pressure on Chris Ballard to get it done? If he doesn't get it done, I hire a new general manager because polls can well, do yeah, whatever he both, wants. But yeah, maybe both. But he's putting that pressure to say, "Hey, we've got the the picks for you." make the deal and i think bears fans are gonna wonder why it wasn't done if it isn't done all right joe we appreciate your telephone call he leaves line open 312-332-3776 um again where there's smoke there's fire I'm, I'm telling you now before it gets it gets blown up there's something going on here where ursa is trolling the bears saying please pick us trade with us and negotiate with us it started with that press conference we heard earlier, and now he puts that up there on social. Like, like, is he just going rogue? I mean, Chris Ballard has to be going crazy. 
that he's going crazy after yesterday's press yes. conference. And if this was if this was indeed him going rogue, what's I just what's the point of it? Well, it, you know, but you know the bottom line. He wants that number one pick. He wants to negotiate with the Bears to get number one. It's just it might not be the smartest strategy though. Like I do I think that the Colts are a perfect spot and it makes sense for both organizations to do a swap and then the Bears get the Colts second round pick at thirty five. Yeah, I do. But there goes there's so much more that goes into it from a roster building perspective, from the first round pick for two thousand twenty four. Like, is he the one who should be making those decisions? No. But to me this speaks to a larger problem. If you don't think your own general manager can do this business, then why is he your general manager right now? You don't have to step like step over him if you think that he's somebody who can actually do the job you hired him for. Three one two three three two three seven seven six is our telephone number. All right, uh, Courtney and I are going to take more of your phone calls. What is appropriate Twitter etiquette? We're asking you that question. Coming up next, you're listening to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN One Thousand and also on one hundred point three FM HD Two. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. That same ESPN Chicago app in which you can find White Sox Weekly. Yes, pitchers and catchers are reporting. So, again, you need your White Sox fix. Go to Connor McKnight for White Sox Weekly, available now on the ESPN Chicago app. Glad to have you in today. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. The worst coaching hire. We have uh, at the top of the list Jeff Saturday uh, being uh, the coach for the Indianapolis Colts. He's not the coach anymore because they've got Steichen in place. And so we're asking that question. Also, we're talking about um, Twitter etiquette. Now, is there such a thing, though, in these days and times, Shane Norling, is there a such thing as Twitter etiquette? Well, I'll tell you what, there damn well should be. Yeah. And I think Courtney agrees with me on this. Uh-huh. I was watching something last night. Uh-huh. I had on Monitor 3, Jim Bayheim and, and, uh, and NC State, Syracuse NC State going at it. Yeah. And at the end of the game, there's an electric moment during the handshake where Jim Bayheim, in what I believe is very clearly a contentious way, goes after his opposing head coach. There's no real handshake. They end it kind of laughing with each other. But it was very clearly a don't tell me about the refs. I deal with the refs situation. He got very upset. So I take a video of this and I post it on Twitter because I thought it was funny. And Jim Beheim has been out to lunch this entire season doing whack job things. So I want to see a 30 for 30 on Jim Beheim in 2022-2023. I put the video on Twitter. This morning, I want to see when I get up, is there any audio from this? Is there any more detail? So I log on to Twitter and I search Jim Beheim. Maybe I get a higher quality video. Maybe there's some audio that goes with this. And I'm scrolling through viral videos of Jim Beheim doing this. Here's the problem. Every viral video is my video. (laughs) I see 3,672 views from your account. Is that where we are? 3,600 views from my account. Now go look at the other one that's got 433,000 credited to somebody else, and it's my video. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm looking at this now. So they ripped off your video without taking it, like embedding it from your Twitter account. They just took the video and made it their own. Correct. Somebody screen recorded it. You know, on the iPhone, you can screen record the video. Then you can crop it, edit it, make it look like your own. But... 
hood. It's the screen. It's monitor three. It's up yes. on the wall. <laughs> monitor it's three. In a way where the ceiling light, you That's can right. see it right in the middle of the screen. Yes. I have a very distinguished uh, beige wall, something you would say boring. Uh-huh. Very clearly, my wall, my television, my video. Yes. And it's going around on every viral post of this Jim Bayheim moment. That's right. No credit to me. I put the work in. I understand. You weren't watching Q's NC State last night. Yep. You didn't put the time in. You aren't the sicko that I okay. am. All right. I took the video. I deserve the damn credit. Well, I understand that. Well, we. Well, I don't know if it will. Uh, if you take any solace into this, but I just retweeted original video colon Shay Norling. That that helper. I appreciate you. That's yeah. what a good friend does. That's a good teammate. That's right. Helping me out. Now, I will also say this. You are correct, sir, that someone took your video and because you have that little uh, dome light <laughs> in your home, like an old car, the dome light's still on. Okay. I would say that you need your own watermark. I think you need something that says, you know, a little seal. Shane Orling. Mm-hmm. You need Put your that. Twitter handle on there so then anybody who sees the video can go be directed back to your account. And put it over, like, the center of the video so somebody can't crop it out. Oh, man. Like a shade room. Put it right over the, <laughs> yep. the content. Yeah, I'll put it right over there. And I'll have it, like, I'll put the light effects so it's strobe lights, red and green, bouncing off the screen with my name right over the content of the video. I mean, if you want somebody to respect your content and to give you credit for your content, I think that's the way you got to go. Don't give people the option to crop it out. Uh, also, uh, ESPN would say, I'd like to have a word. Once you put that out there, ESPN said, "I'd like to have a word." That's our video, actually. <laughs> so you don't you'll what, have that to, to deal with. What would have been great is if the ESPN Twitter account got under my account on the video, going, "Do we have permission to use this content on our social media platform?" That's right, and it's their own game. Yes, that's right. It'll be your watermark, but ESPN would say, "Hey, what's going on here?" And then, of course, you know who's the the leader of this, Shay. You know that who would be contacting you about this. I mean, if you put it out there, put your own watermark out there, there would be some from, someone from ESPN reaching out to you. Two African-American quarterbacks starting against each other in the Super Bowl for the first time. Fittingly, February 12th is Abe Lincoln's birthday. Here we go with the highlights. Every black history kids. And the movie that I'd want to see back in the theater, Roots, it's one of my favorites, uh, a lot of slavery. 312-332-3776 is our... <laughs> I watched the color purple for the pregame today. <laughs> I mean, oh my! I listen. Not every day do you watch Twelve Years a Slave, but when two African American quarterbacks are playing in the Super Bowl, I mean, seriously. So you'd be hearing from Chris if you had if they had an issue with you and that watermark. Just telling you, he's ahead of all of this, you know. Whoop, whoop. You better watermark your Twitter, friend. Three one two three three two three seven seven. Remastered roots, of course. Remastered. You can get the, the full effect. <laughs> um, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Here's Nicholas on ESPN one thousand. All right, Nick. Hey, I got one uh, bad hire that's worse, I think, than uh, than just Saturday. That's uh, Bobby Petrino with Atlanta. Man. You being in Louisville, you would know, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Three and ten, and just because Mike Vick gets arrested, um, you decide that you're just going to up and quit and, and take a different college job. What a clown. He went from the Falcons to Arkansas. To, to Arkansas. 
When that's when the whole motorcycle incident happened. So, Nick, you know the story, but for those that don't know, he is a coach for Atlanta Falcons. He's in a meeting and says, you know what? I'm hungry. I want to go get lunch. I'll be right back. And he never returns. And then the same day in the facility, the Falcons look up and he's already in Arkansas. In the hey, same day. He, he, shot, he shot more pig suey. <laughs> in the same day. Wait a minute. Wild. No, how does that happen? How do you get to Arkansas that quickly? Right. It's not an easy, Fayetteville's not an easy place to get to, even from Atlanta. I'll be right back. I'm going to get lunch. And all of a sudden, I'm in Arkansas Red. What a scumbag. You just can't do those no, things. No, Mike Zimmer had a great story that he told us uh, on background, we'll, we'll say. All like right. it, just, it was nothing for publication, but just remember when he some colorful language was expressed yes. about how he felt he got done in that situation because he went from there to the Cincinnati Bengals, but the whole staff had no clue. There were a lot of pleasantries exchanged. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bobby Petrino had no love lost from anybody on that coaching staff based on how he exited that way. And that's not, you know, when we talk about worst NFL hires, you know, on the field stuff is one thing. But for him to up and leave in the middle of, like you were saying, in the middle of the day and just to screw the rest of your coaches over that way, that's gutless. Yep, that's what happened. Like Jeff Saturday, you can't. He didn't do anything that was gutless other than maybe giving up, you know, the, the most points in NFL history in a second half in a, in a comeback loss. Yeah. Comeback win for the Minnesota Vikings. But it wasn't egregious. And I, I did the other day when he's out on his boat fishing or whatever, his message of I'm, you know, goodbye, Indianapolis. I, I can't fault him for being, I don't know, could he, should he have said no? Like, do you really think he should have said no? Because you'll probably never get another opportunity like that. If coaching really was something he wanted to go into, I don't know if I can fault him for saying yes to something he wasn't qualified for. I mean, to me, the blame's all on Jim Mersey for orchestrating this. Yeah, I, if I'm offered, I say no because I know I wouldn't be qualified. What would I, I know I'd do it in high school, but that's not the same as doing it in college. You're not in, you're not in such peril, the Colts, that you couldn't have just had John Fox and who else with experiences on that staff from last year is like two. Oh yeah, there were several that yeah. had you know actual NFL coaching experience. So it wasn't prior like, to this season. That doesn't break our friendship. At least I don't think so. Jim said, "I want you to coach for me." I like so if I'm Saturday, I'm like, "Nah, no, thank you. I'm good at ESPN." I would, I would weigh my in weighing your options. Aren't you setting yourself up for failure? Where will he ever get a coaching job again because of what happened this year in Indianapolis? Because of the circumstances and the stain that comes with his name now. We don't think of him as Jeff Saturday, ten-year NFL center, likely Hall of Famer great NFL analyst. We think of him as Jeff Saturday, the guy who was unqualified for a head coaching job and failed, expectedly failed. Will he ever be able to come out from under that? Because I feel like he set himself up for failure in that regard, but I also know that a lot of these jobs are so like difficult to come by, and you might get one shot to become a head coach. So did he view this as, this is my only chance to do this, I have to take it? Well, sure. look, Herm Edwards is on uh, first take right now. I think Jeff will be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> His job will be available. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Elgin. Dave's on ESPN 1000. All right, Dave. Hey, guys. Uh, Courtney, Hoodie. Uh, first, I want to say that ESPN hit a home run uh, bringing on Courtney Cronin and going yes. from Jeff Dixon to Courtney is like going from Joe Montana to Steve Young. That is correct. High praise. So, Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's true. And uh, But to get to the worst 
coach ever is Terry Bevington. He's worse than Jeff Saturday. Who yeah. goes out to him, uh, to the mound to make a pitching change when nobody's warming up in the bullpen? He did that. Only Terry Bevington. He did that. And he's a major league manager. You can't do that. That's by far the most egregious thing I've ever seen from any manager or coach ever. And just the worst in the press conferences, too, Dave, if you remember. Yes, just, he just, was. He just, was. He was terrible, and I, I measure all bad coaches against Terry Bevington. <laughs> okay. Jeff Saturday's close, but yeah. Terry Bevington is by far the worst. Dave, we appreciate the telephone call, and coming up next, Justin Fields join Barstool Big Cat. You can hear Barstool Big Cat on Tuesdays at 4 o'clock with Well and Sylvie, but Justin Fields had something to say, new audio from Justin Fields. you got to hear this. Coming up next with Courtney Cronin, Jay Hood with you, Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Cap and Jay Hood. Hey, good morning, Chicago. The Bulls will take on the Pacers later on tonight. Northwestern will look to stay hot after taking down number one Purdue. Tonight, they'll take on Indiana and Evanston. And guess who's going? Courtney Cronin's going. She's going. I'm excited. You're going. It's the best basketball team in town. Why wouldn't you go? Northwestern? Yeah. Down Against Purdue. my alma mater? Yeah. I'm that, jacked. That scene on Sunday was amazing when they won. That was just amazing. Chris Collins crying, his sons crying, Northwestern fans crying. The turnaround for them this season alone is remarkable. Illinois went to Happy Valley yesterday and left with a loss against Penn State, 93-81, falling to seventh place in the Big Ten at 8-6 and six in conference play. SIU, Southern, they held on late, and they defeated Valparaiso 66-62. The Eagles have officially lost... Uh, both of their coordinators, defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, uh, filled the final head coaching vacancy yesterday. He's the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. And Vegas officially released quarterback Derek Carr. Jay Moore. Welcome back to Captain Jay Hood Experience. Weekdays from 7 to 10 on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. And Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7 here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with Courtney Cronin in for Cap. I'm Jay Hood. So Justin Fields was just with uh, Barstool Big Cat. Barstool Big Cat is featured on Wallen and Sylvie every Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Crazy cats. Always got something to say. Always in his, his beacon stuff. So some thoughts here from Justin Fields. So the first, a couple of things. First things first, what if, and it's a big what if, what if... Justin Fields is traded. Uh, what's his response to that? I think so. You know, I yeah. think, you know, uh, if you're traded, maybe I'll, you know, be the backup or, you know, teach the teach the new guy whoever's coming in. Smoke uh, screens. Yeah, love it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever happens, happens. Just, you know, blessed to be in the position I am. Uh, I'm in. And, you know, I just like, let God kind of handle that. So, uh, yeah. What does he mean by that? What does he mean by that? I didn't understand what he was saying. Like when we kind of cut right into the clip there, when he's talking about being the backup, yeah. teaching the guy. Like he would, if he was traded, he would be traded somewhere where I'm fairly certain he's taking the job because the amount of draft capital it would take, and potentially a player thrown in the mix to get a first round quarterback who isn't even entering the cusp of how good he can be, yeah. like, scratching his potential. Like that's he wouldn't be going somewhere to be the backup. 
That's what I don't understand about that. Uh, he's on pretending to be traded. He says. I think so you know, I yeah. think you know, uh, get traded. Maybe I'll you know be the backup or you know teach the teach the new guy whoever's coming in. Smoke uh, screens. Yeah, love it. But uh, yeah, I mean, whatever happens, happens. Just you know, blessed to be in the position I am. Uh, I'm in, and you know, I just like let God kind of handle that. So uh, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Like, if he's traded, he he needs someone should alert him. Hey, you're you're pretty damn good at this job. If you get traded. Playing this hypothetical with Barstool Big Cat, you're the guy wherever you go. So with, whether it's Carolina, whether it's, you know, let's think about other teams that might trade for a quarterback. Tampa Bay. Other teams that are not in the top ten to draft, he's going and he's starting right away wherever it is. But, but he gave you a couple of options, though, Jay Moore, right? Right. He said, and or if they would bring in another quarterback and yeah. use the number one pick. He said either I'd be tutoring the next quarterback up or going somewhere else. Or, or yeah, it just it wouldn't happen. Well, that's why he's not in tune to any of this. Of course. <laughs> no, I mean, I just I'm trying to think of it with my rational brain that wherever he goes, if traded, he's the guy. There is no mentoring to do. Maybe some, maybe a veteran who's there would be mentoring him and helping him in his third season. Just all of the stuff that comes with being a franchise quarterback, but he wouldn't be in that position. Only God knows. He says. Okay. That's what he said. That's usually right. But you gotta fight you gotta fight God in that spot? I mean you can't. He I mean, gets us. Yes. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, so uh, so I've seen on the Super Bowl commercials. Uh, on excitement for the next season. It was a bad season, obviously, with the Bears and what they've gone through. But what about next season? You know, I think it is. Um, of course, you know, I finally have an idea of what our offense is. So instead of just, you know, training to throw outs, slants, just the basic routes, I know what you know, what actions we're going to be using, what protections we're going to be using. So I can just focus on, you know, more in detail stuff within our offense. So I think, you know, uh, me with the full offseason off with that, you know, with uh, knowing the information that I do now about our offense and what we're going to be running, I think, you know, there's a bunch of excitement for next year. And um, even the guys, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, they're knowing what we're going to be doing, what we're going to be running. So, uh, I mean, they can focus on just the details within the offense and stuff like that and really just get that cleaned up. I don't know. I'm just optimistic of what the offense can look like with weapons because even without weapons, we saw some razzle-dazzle. How many years you've waited for the Bears to have a semblance of like a, a productive offense? His running ability aside, Justin Fields' running ability aside, just some of the stuff that was dialed up by the offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, I thought was innovative and actually forward-thinking for the NFL. For the Bears? When the Bears have just been meeting potatoes all these years with running the football between the tackles and throwing to the tight end, some things that we saw there, some little sleight of hand, was actually innovative for the Bears. It just doesn't happen. And they can run the ball and do it creatively, mm-hmm. where it's not just a ground and pound and play defense mentality. Like They've evolved, and that's good. What I read into what Justin Fields said was just how difficult and how complex this scheme truly is. I know a lot of people are not happy with the Chase Claypool acquisition and didn't like the excuses of how long it took him to learn what the Bears route tree looks like. When you're hearing the quarterbacks say similar things about just getting the basic concepts of this offense down, I think it shows you how difficult this offense is to learn because it nothing makes me, you know, more furious when people see players traded like you know Baker Mayfield going to the Los Angeles Rams and yeah. is he going to be the savior over the last four games you know how hard it is to learn an offense and you're expecting guys to get it down on the fly Justin Fields is telling you right here it took me the whole season now that I know what we're, our actual scheme is and it's not just the learning element it's Luke Getzey trying to figure out what their identity is they didn't have an identity 
based on quarterback design runs and in, in Justin Field using Justin Field's best asset until week seven. So it took, it's it's not just blaming the players for not getting the offense. So more or less, it's the coordinator who's trying to do this for the first time, also working out the kinks early on. This would be really great in print, but you don't have a computer to type this I have, on. So. Th- this is why you should have yelled at me in the moment it would have happened, because I don't think I recognized it. I mean, maybe the people on Twitch can tell us. My mouse, tr- my mouse pad is not working. Correct. Yes. Can't do anything with it. Like, I... I'm stuck on the, the Jim Irsay tweet right now. It's, it's for That's two it. hours. For two hours. Well, yeah. my, my advice to you would be get on is one of these uh, computers in the studio, open up the old Word doc, and just let's go. Start writing? That's right. That's how you do it, right, Shay? Open up the old Word document right here on the computer. That's how you do it. It's wide open. I mean, someone will steal it, <laughs> whoever sits in that chair. But that's what I would say. I mean, all this stuff. I mean, you got you got two burning stories now right in front of you. Mm-hmm. You've got him on Pardon Your Take. you got Justin Fields. And you've got Jim Irsay trolling the Bears. And none of it is on ESPN.com. I'm also I'm not. I mean, I'm a good multitasker, but I'm not that good of a multitasker. I just, I'm just telling you, that should be up and ready to go. You sound like my editor. I just, <laughs> I just, I don't want anyone to take that from you. I want to see it from you first. Unless you're going to do a talk to type. You're going to do that. Into my watch. Yeah, yeah, you gotta do that. That's the, what, the new AI thing. I'm just trying to help you. I and I appreciate it. Yeah. I wish I could have helped myself and not had my iced coffee that I'm addicted to this morning <laughs> and then just spilled all over my computer. Uh, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more. It's unbelievable. Here's Shay Norling with some news. Shay? Uh yeah, a little bit of news here. Uh hoodie, we gotta get an update out there. I just want to start this by saying for over 48 years, Neighborhood Housing Services of Chicago has helped residents on the south and west side achieve their dream to become homeowners. And each year at their annual gala, they honor visionary leaders in affordable housing and those dedicated to creating thriving neighborhoods. Well, today it's the honor of Neighborhood Housing Services and certainly my own honor to help announce this year NHS is celebrating our very own Jonathan Hood. Hoodie is receiving a special excellence in impact journalism award for using his platform to help promote home ownership. In the last year, Hoodie has surprised guests at Englewood Housing Fair and even taken future home buyers to a baseball game, encouraging them to set down roots in their neighborhood. NHS is honored to have such an amazing partner in Jay Hood and ESPM 1000. Congrats, Hoodie. That's pretty awesome. No one uh, told me about this, and this is great. Thank you so much, my guy. Come on in here. Say a few words. Sure, absolutely. Anthony Simpkins with Neighborhood Housing Services, and it was our pleasure to honor you. You know, you uh, know personally that homeownership journey with your mom, and uh, you have really embraced NHS. You were with us in Inglewood, and, you know, you've really helped um, expand our 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 brand uh, so that lots and lots of people in the Chicagoland area uh, know about us and can take that same journey for uh, economic empowerment. So you have been a great partner for us and we wanted to honor you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, uh, uh, just like the South Side, it just came out of nowhere. (laughs) <laughs> so, so, so I really appreciate this. Thank you, NHS. Oh, that was the fun of it, making it a surprise. Absolutely. You certainly <laughs> did. So thank you so much for this, NHS. Uh, a great partner with us here at ESPN 1000. We've got the Captain J. Hood cut of the day right around the corner. Captain J. Hood, weekday mornings at 7. 
You're listening to Cap and Jay Hood. Follow the show on Instagram at the Catman and at IGJ Hood. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You never know what's going to happen on the show, Courtney. That was exciting. You were su- you were genuinely surprised. I'm just trying to get to the next segment. I had no idea that was going to happen. I think. Neighborhood Housing Services of Chicago for coming in. Camera crew, did you see that? Just to get my my uh, initial thoughts and my and to my surprise, I had no idea they were coming in to give me an award. It's very cool. So thank well you. Well deserved. Yeah, very cool. Apparently Shane Norley knew, which tells me I can't trust you. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I've realized today. No, dude, this tells you you can trust me the most because I keep Kept secrets. Kept it a secret. That's right. Because, you, because Shay said Cap wouldn't have done well keeping that a secret. Somehow he would have snuck in a phrase or tell, told you something that would have led you to know what was happening at the 945 hour. What, what Cap would have done, this is classic Kaplan, yeah. he would have either sent the text message in a group chat that Hoodie is in <laughs> saying this is going to happen, or like in a break, he would have turned around and looked at me and gone, are we good? Are we good for the award for Hoodie today? Oh my well, God. Hoodie's right there. Probably <laughs> so. I was hoping that you'd give me the office, a little Iggy, but you didn't give me that. You didn't give me the office. You uh, said you, I, you said in my headphones, I have to read something. Oh, breaking news. I guess the news is I'm getting an award. That's right. So really appreciate that. Thank you. I like I like the ambush out of nowhere. That was awesome. Felt like I was on 2020. <laughs> 312-332-3776 is our phone number. It's pretty cool. Uh, we got the Cap and J cut of the day uh, right around the corner. Tim in South Elgin on ESPN 1000. Hello, Tim. How you doing, Cap? Hey, what's up, Sparkles? <laughs> Not much. How you doing, buddy? I'm hey, good. Hey, gotta... hey, man, I'm just telling you, he's the worst coach ever. Saturday. No, he's, no, he's not. I'm a Colts fan, and I resent that. <laughs> the worst coach is Urban Meyer. Take that. Why is that? Take that. Why, Tim? Why? Urban Meyer? Come on. You know. No. He's 3-11. He's all touted to be a great guy, and look what happened. He's kicking kickers, swearing at people, missing planes. And you say Saturday's worse than that? He was 1-7. I'm just telling you, he's the worst. No, he's not. Oh, God. Come on. All right, Sparkles. You win. Love you. Love you. All right. Tim from the South Algin. He actually thought Cap was here. So someone had to I be I thought Cap. he was playing in for the bed. No. No, he really thought you were Cap. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's convincing. I didn't know if he was trying to be Cap or if that's just what he sounds like. That's what he sounds like. Okay. Brought to you by Marlboro. <laughs> Absolutely. How about that, Shay? Yeah, that was. Uh, that sounded like that Milf Manor mom, the the one who kept smoking cigarettes. <laughs> that's right. Urban Meyer, the worst ever. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. So have we narrowed down the Courtney phrase that pays? Of course, Courtney Cronin. ESPN 1000 Zone is going to be on Around the Horn this afternoon. Or if you're me, you watch it at 10 o'clock on ESPN News, buried at ESPN News. <laughs> <laughs> or ESPN U. Or ESPN U. Yeah, you can find her there as well. Do you know the phrase you're going to use to wink at the Captain J Hood audience? I could technically get out of this because the list I had on my computer is currently unavailable. Okay, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to need a phrase. 
I have to go to I have to go to the Apple store when I'm out of here just to be able to make sure that my computer's functional. But I am going to I will not so I can promise you this. I won't just say no shot. Okay. I won't just say no shot. But what will you say? I think the clubhouse leader right now is keep your beak out of it. Mm. Mm. I'm going to try to find something. I mean, they're going to be all my panelists, fellow panelists are going to be like, wow, she has an attitude today. <laughs> Aggressive. Yes. <laughs> Keep your beak out of it. That might give you a couple of points. Ding it, ding it, ding it, ding it. I think that might give you a few right there. So that's that was the one I was thinking of. I had a couple others. Again, I cannot access the list currently <laughs> because of the coffee mishap. If anybody has any ways to fix this, please let me know. Get a wireless mouse, turn the touchpad off, and then you're good to go. Now time for the Kappa J-Hood Cut of the Day, brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse. Oh, it's the best. Downtown, try the Denver Soul. It's the, it's the Soul, right? It's the Dover Soul. Apparently it's from uh, Delaware. Go ahead, Jay Moore. Yo. Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. Cut it. It's not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right, cut! <laughs> Secretariat. I'm just telling you, man. I love you, Sparkles. That's a shot. You're my favorite athlete, man. I miss you, Secretariat. But I keep your memory alive. Take that. In horse heaven, wherever you are, Secretariat, I'm just telling you, man. You're my boy, Blue. You're my boy. I need Mindy. She was just here just to slide a hot meal under the door. And where are my dogs? Man, I love my dogs, man. As much as I love Secretariat, he's a dead horse, but he's my horse. Just want to give Clay Thompson a little shot. All those three-pointers he had against the Bulls. Anyone knew I was really a Sox fan all these years. What? I'm just telling you, man. Love my White Sox. Love Jerry Ryan. <laughs> isn't this why he shouldn't be in a darkness retreat? Because he's hallucinating? This isn't a good thing. He's being a flipper. He's going to be in there, flip his takes over 17 times. We thank you for listening and twitching and calling me part of the program here on Cap and J Hood. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you. This was fun. Was fun three days. Thank you, Jay Moore. Thank you, Shay. And we'll talk to you tomorrow at 7 on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. So long, everybody. From Chicago.